0: And welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid, and you are listening to show number 189, I think. Uh, with me, sadly, actually, sadly, no Rach this week because she's ever so, ever so busy. Um, but with me of, is my good friend and co-host and co-founder. No, that <laughs> doesn't count anymore, does it? No, that's rubbish. Yeah. Rach has been with us for far, much longer. Co-founder. Every, I just keep reading about, um, you know, startups. Everything, everybody has to be a co-founder of something this, <laughs> at this point. No,
1: but, I definitely think we're more flounder than
0: co flounder yes Lovely. now that I like that I can get behind it uh, yeah I yes with me is my co-flounder Graham <laughs> yay oh,
1: yeah it's delightful to be here floundering with you aid as always um yeah Rachel's off her uh, fun creative course this evening so too too busy to be with us but um nevertheless we're gonna have a great time even without her.
0: Absolutely. And uh, well, but we're not on our own, the two of us, are we? Because you have organised for us this week a super special guest.
1: Yes. And I'm really delighted to have this gentleman with us. In fact, it's somebody who I, I've said this many times, it seems bonkers that it has taken us this long to get him on the show. Uh, but nonetheless, he is here now. And it's an absolute delight to welcome to the podcast Juho Leppinen. I hope I've got that even close to right you um, from camera rescue.org you hope welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, you did a pretty good job with <laughs> a Finnish surname with dots on the A and everything.
1: <laughs> thank you. Uh, Finnish. Not not one of my f- first languages. It has to be said. Um we're going to be talking a lot about what you do and what camera is tonight. The name says quite a lot right from the get go. Um, but I suppose my first question is um, when you look back at the birth of camera rescue, what, what, what was the inciting moment? What was the thing that made you realize that there needed to be something like camera rescue out there? Cause you're based out there in Finland. Um, and running this huge thing from there thousands and thousands of cameras going through but what was the thing which initially made you think this needs to exist
2: well funnily enough as you were talking about the founders uh well we we've or i've been doing cameras for 15 years now i'm I'm not that old i'm just 30 so it's uh I started pretty young, uh, but I, I I was doing in college uh, quite a lot of. Well, the 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 last shops in in Finland uh, quit or whatever went bankrupt at that time, and uh, there was different forums, uh, photography forums around Finland, and I was doing. Uh, like essentially looking at one forum and then finding a big batch and people every now and then want to just get rid of big batches and they want to get it done easily and uh, i was 15 16 17 and then uh, i had spare time which you have at that age and then uh, i i counted up that if i buy that nikon lot i can and sell them one by one I can keep one lens and make my own uh, like photography with that lens and then somehow it started from there and then in the end I ended up in 2016 in a situation where we had a like a working shop in Finland um, that was employing five six guys at that at that um, period of time and and it, it there was no kind of film photography revival at that point but we were doing a lot of film cameras and we we were questioning uh kind of like we we had just made this big e-commerce project to make a e-commerce um platform for second hand items and uh, there was this very big startup hype uh, amongst um, uh, Finnish youth at that point And uh, everyone wanted to be a startup entrepreneur. So uh, we figured that, oh, we have a software and then we have, a, like, a knowledge of something. So we should start a startup. And then we started a thing called Camera Ventures in 2016. And uh, it, it was, like, super... Uh, startup by, by the name already and the, what what the aim was, was was very simple that we have this platform and we expected in every European country there to be a shop like ours and then we just go dangle the platform in front of their face and they get really excited because there is no platform and uh, eBay doesn't work in uh, Europe quite as well as especially in the smaller countries in Europe quite as well as as it does in the US with posted integration and lower fees and and things like that. So we thought that we have this kind of software startup thingy. And then then we figured out that, wait, there isn't that many shops. And uh, to kind of figure out what's going on with the whole film camera uh, scene, we did a project called uh, or a questionnaire called save analog cameras and um, that was a like the first viral thing that uh, has uh, happened to me in the camera world and it went all all over the world and I, I guess uh, like there was uh, the, the original idea was for me to do a google form and get maybe 200 answers from around Europe, so I can figure out if there are camera shops for this uh, software startup of ours uh, to be customers, and then and then map at the same time as I map those, I can map everything from where to develop your film, where where to buy your film, where to Um, you know who do you follow on social medias what podcast do you listen and everything so I made I got all excited with the google forms which ended up as a really 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 bad uh, thing because it the the google forms had like 36 questions and some of them were uh, open field questions or most of them were open field (laughs) questions and then nine thousand people decided oh, wow oh, no. <laughs> it's it's a good thing idea to answer that Google form uh which was amazing, but it also took us half a year to process uh all that data and those answers because I had promised obviously when I put it out there that I would you know publish the answers." And then it took us a half a year for two of two guys to kind of get a clear view of everything, and and the the view from that was that essentially there are um, are entities looking to preserve film and to have manufacturing of film available for decades to come. There are entities pursuing developing and lab services but there in Europe especially there are very few entities that uh, were interested in repairing cameras interested in in analog cameras in in, in their kind of the whole and uh, because in Finland Finland is quite small so we, we already knew Uh, all the camera makers and we knew all the uh, other shops selling and buying uh, cameras and we knew the community so at that point we figured out that okay uh, and we also noticed that Camera Ventures has absolutely no future because there are no customers for it so we failed at the startup thing (laughs) So, so, so at that point uh, we just launched a camera rescue project, it was 2017, Finland turned a hundred years and there was big celebrations so we decided that okay 2017 uh, we have three years till 2020 and uh, what if we try to rescue a hundred thousand cameras by then and then uh, that was the kind of crazy idea that we put out uh, with this kind of, how would I call it? It's not an official organization, but it's like a collective of of the camera makers in, in Finland and, and, and the people that have know-how and the, the community assisting and the companies doing uh, buying and selling. So that's how Camera Rescue started.
1: So your target: a hundred thousand cameras rescued. How are you getting on with with getting towards that target?
2: Well, officially, in the beginning, we we said that um, a camera camera is rescued only when it's in the hands of a new uh, owner. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you were making it quite difficult. That's for quite yourself. challenging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we didn't even accept the fact that we get them from somewhere and then have them. But now we we have a light counter on on the website all the time. And uh, just uh, a few months ago, we added also the cameras that are in process and the cameras that are waiting for someone uh, to give them a new home. And then in total, that number is around 74,000, I think now
1: just under 75,000 yeah, you're getting at this you are getting close getting yeah. very close to that that is an incredible number of cameras um it's in, it's an incredible number of cameras to have found let alone, let alone to even have begun. I mean, at the moment, as you said, you've got on here um, sixty-four thousand six hundred and fifty-six cameras rescued, two thousand and eighty-three currently being processed, and eight thousand and forty-seven have been processed and are looking for a new home. Those are some fairly spectacular numbers for a company that, oh, for an organisation that's only three years old. Um, how on earth do you go about sourcing? Cameras in that kind of volume. Where do you even start with this?
2: Well, to be fair, we we did count from everything when when uh, we We had on the e-commerce platform as a kind of uh, Old data. So we started from 35,000 in 2017 Mm -hmm. So, so from 2010, we've done the 75,000, and then in 2017, by that time we had done 35,000, and now we are at 75,000. So, in the in the last three years or two and a half years, we've done essentially 40,000 cameras, and um, uh, well in finland we have a very good situation because uh once the like project the word came out uh, about it then like all the ma- major newspapers have dropped um uh, uh, kind of uh, news about it or a story about it at, at some point and then there, there's been all kinds of radio work and and honestly i think the most effective thing is that uh, someone who doesn't care about cameras gets money out of a camera into their hand and they will tell their friends that yeah that's essentially the most effective way there is a lot of media visibility that brings a certain amount of of interactions but uh it's, I think it's around coffee tables at the workplace or wherever people meet uh, that uh, the, the word gets out the, the most efficient way.
1: I suppose because there have for quite a long time been services where you could sell for, you know, not very much money, but get rid of essentially stuff that you think is obsolete. Like, I know I got rid of um, loads and loads of CDs uh, for you know, probably pennies for each one, but you get some money for it. You get rid of them. You're quite happy. And some company sells them on and um, old mobile phones and devices like that. So it makes perfect sense that there's something like this for people who have got these cameras, which as far as they're concerned are absolutely useless and fit only for the pin um, to be able to easily get rid of them and get something back for them. Um, Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. How? Because as you said, Finland's a small country and you were talking, and we'll come back to it later, but you were talking about the fact that small countries didn't start off with a lot of infrastructure for repairing cameras in the first place. How have you managed to get together a team of people who can deal with that side of the business?
2: Well, that that is the the hardest part, especially during the last three years when um, the camera makers have joined us. It, it it I mean, life is very simple if you are um, how would I say um, a guy that just sell stuff on eBay without checking it like you get stuff you look at the price you check if the one second works uh, and then if it works you put it on eBay you get money from somewhere wherever and then if there's a problem uh, you give some money back to the customer that's that's uh, quite a simple business model But when you get uh, camera makers who have uh, pride in what they do and who have been factory trained by Leica or Mamiya or or whatever um, involved in the process, it means that something uh, that no one would ever find out uh, in a a kind of home um, environment that is off. It will not go through the process uh, to be sold uh, until it has been fixed. Mm. And then uh, the fixing phase is, um, well, there's levels in that. There's uh, things that we, we call just uh, maintenance, which is light seals and um, cor- taking corrosion off batteries, and uh, things that anyone can do essentially. And th- but that that needs to be done to almost all cameras. Uh, so it, that takes a lot of time. Then there's fixing, which is a button is loose or a button doesn't work, and uh, you need to uh, re uh, like attach it, or the the um, leathers are need some gluing, or you know things that. Maybe need a bit more more like tools, but still are very basic and uh, uh, Like anyone with time can do them, but then there's the actual repairs and the actual uh, CLAs and and those are are very tricky because uh, the internet is full of um, quick fixes that you just tighten the curtain, and yay, it's okay. But uh, if you tighten the curtain, then you also put attention into the camera that is not supposed to be there. And then in the next time, it if the spring breaks, uh, then it it will need a new spring, which is the whole kind of uh, it's counterproductive in the long run. But that would be the easy fix if you just want it to work for a year or mm. something and uh, camera rescue by default and by name cannot do that either <laughs> so so essentially uh like this is the kind of the hard part we have old masters who have a lot of knowledge and then now they have younger uh, apprentices but um, camera repairs are also not a um, thing anyone can do so we've had a lot of guys um, coming in testing testing out how, how it is to be a camera repair man and then f- noticing that they cannot do it uh, because of the pace needed or they cannot do it because um, you have to uh, socialize or there's a stress level or um, there are many issues so so like but now we have a good team of four and we are looking uh, I'm, I'm just putting the recruitment uh, um, kind of announcements out ne- next week so we're looking for two more assistants to be trained so so that next year we would have six Repair, repair guys in in the in the process and 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 so forth.
1: Um, you do. I mean, I'm looking at uh, the camera store now, which is the website that you have to sell on um, the stuff that gets repaired, um, and it's an incredible. I mean, anybody who is susceptible to suffering from gas should probably make sure their credit card isn't close to hand when you go there because the selection of stuff that you have available to buy there is extensive and incredibly varied. You're dealing with, it seems like, Absolutely everything in terms of camera manufacturers, types of cameras, large, medium, um, small format, uh, point and shoots, even all sorts of stuff. Um, At the moment, is most of this stuff still coming from Finland or how far afield are you um, getting the materials in from now?
2: Uh, Well, still maybe a year ago or two years ago, I would say 99% was Finland. Now it's maybe ninety-two or ninety. So so we are still getting quite uh, a big bunch of the gear in Finland, just because the the word is out and and there's just more and more stuff being found from addicts and and we are we are accessing in Finland kind of the um, the part of cameras that are not available. In the community, um, there's there's like what what we tend to forget is that only in this millennium and only in Germany, 26 million film cameras have been sold. And wow, That's like 26 million. Yeah, by st- by statistics. So essentially, what that means is that in Europe in a total there in this millennium there must have been more than 50 million cameras sold and if we go into the actual height of film the 90s and 80s and 70s it must mean that there are a hundred million cameras somewhere in europe lying around and uh, even by kind of quite optimistic standards I would say that the global analog community is 3 million people uh, so essentially yes there are there should be working cameras for all of us uh, in the plenty <laughs> yeah uh, uh, and but there most of them are hidden and, and we think uh, and and that in Finland we've started to kind of un Uh, unravel them or uh, find them uh, and that that could be possible in other countries too. Gotcha.
1: Um, Given the fact that you do seem to be, is your basic mantra no film camera left behind? Are you open to taking on pretty much anything that you can get your hands on or are there some things that you just look at and go no <laughs> this either because it's just more trouble than it's worth or you just whatever the reason may be are there any things that you don't like dealing with or would you pretty much take on anything
2: well yes we'll we'll take on anything but the ones that are uh, are not like how would I say, plausible, Uh, they go into the outlets and they are not even counted into our total number. Uh, So uh, we have a kind of a rule at the moment that if a camera has a value of over 100 euros uh, uh, and it's broken, then we put it uh, for spare parts into our spare parts inventory which mm-hmm. is all, already over 2,000 cameras and then the other ones go to the outlet which is a physical uh, place essentially our physical sales events where uh, the community can buy them and try to fix them, or, or some of them might be still usable as cameras, but as, as our camera makers will not let them through because they have not passed all the tests, then we will not be able to sell them either. So, like, uh, sell them at you know a normal price or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, so the the outlet is full of bins that are five euros or ten euros or one euro or two euros, and then uh, people can have their pick.
1: Don't you? Because I mean, that's an interesting point, and it's again something you mentioned before that when you're selling these cameras, you have haven't just you've been through and checked that they are working as close as you possibly can exactly as they should be not just oh yes the shutter's firing it's winding on this technically is working you you want something you know that they're working as they should be um you were talking about a project that you've i think it's an ongoing thing you're working on to sort of help people understand the levels of tests that you can do to check that your camera actually is exposing as it's supposed to be do you want to talk about that a bit
2: well, yeah, it's it's also been a very big learning curve to me once once we we've started with the project and and uh, that old super know how has has come into the into the house because um, there's all kinds of testers that were used back in the day, you know every. Japanese camera has this little yellow golden sticker passed, and that meant that uh, an an outside testing facility has tested the camera um, after the factory Mm -hmm. to be inspect, and then it has passed and that's the golden sticker, oval-shaped sticker that's in, in most Japanese cameras. Yeah. And then, um, so it was a standard back in the day, day to use tester machines to test the cameras. And and while, as we've like rescued repair shops around uh, Europe, we've started to accumulate these tester machines, and then we can do Uh, different levels of testing and uh, the first three levels that usually people talk about are just testing if the shutter fires at all that's like level one the second one is putting it to one second and kind of listening by ear if one second is right Uh, like we call it the flea market test Uh, (laughs) I've done
1: that one many times myself
2: yes Uh, so that's the second one and third one is uh, using an app essentially for your phone that measures sound and checking the kind of faster speeds also with sound but not with light and then the fourth one uh, is with a light uh, uh, light passing through and a sensor so essentially you can't do it anymore at home uh, but you can uh, get or you can get a 150 euro shutter speed tester that has a sensor and then you can test the, the, the shutter speeds of your camera to be correct and but that's only level four then there <laughs> there is also four like lever levels on top of that that test the light meter that test the electronics between the light meter and the shutter and then uh, that have a like total ev value taken in by a sensor in the back of the camera and uh, well essentially like I I Many times I I refer to the Canon AE-1 when this question is kind of um, presented because usually the Canon AE-1 is seen as the most funny or most wonderful SLR for a beginner. But the actual reason for that is that uh, Canon AE-1s tend to be broken and they... (laughs) They they tend to their light meters tend to be broken and they tend to overexpose or underexpose and uh, when you have a digital era kid wanting the perfect Instagram look then there's nothing better than a film camera that overexposes by a few stops and then you send you send your film um, to a lab that corrects uh, the scan so (laughs) essentially um, and this can be only tested with (coughs) very few testing machines so uh, 99% of the Canon AE-1s in circulation cannot be even tested for this and uh, and have not been tested for this so the problem will kind of continue forever but uh, it's 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 a kind of funny thing that the most popular slr is most popular because it's broken
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and, that, and that begs the question really um from from your sort of testing and the cameras that you get going through, which of the cameras that you get through regularly have you found that after all these years of service is actually still the most likely to be reliable after perhaps decades of use? Which one is like, oh yeah, this one's still fine even though it's done, who knows how many thousands of shutter actuations?
2: Mm, well, well, actual statistics we don't have. Um, but it seems that, uh, the camera makers tend to like, uh, the more mechanic cameras like a Nikon F2 or for example, uh, mostly probably because they know that they can fix all the problems they get, um, <laughs> into them. But, um. I mean, we have a, the, the number on the website that's cameras uh, in process. It's not actually the cameras that are uh, like being processed uh, that we've just found from somewhere. They are cameras that uh, have been documented to have problems and are waiting for repairs. So <clears throat> it's essentially 2,080 cameras um, that all are above 100 euros of value and that have uh, some problem that needs to be addressed by a proper repair and cannot be just fixed with a quick fix or or you know putting a button uh, to work. Um, and in those lists, I, I, I'm pretty sad to say that Canon is. Uh, very high on on that list, <laughs> I think there was sixty eight canon AE ones on the list, and then there was something like thirty canon f ones and twenty five canon a <laughs> ones
1: okay.
2: um, and but yeah it's 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 a kind of a double edged sword, so bear in mind that some of these cameras. If you would find it on a flea market, you could be maybe totally happy with it for for shooting film. You would uh, if you would shoot ne- negative film, you wouldn't probably even maybe notice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just too much. Like if it's over, sometimes the the the, the testers let uh, a camera through that they just say that. It overexposes evenly one stop on all uh, shutter speeds, and then it can be written by the camera store guys on on the item description that <coughs> essentially you just change the ISO uh, and you're fine. Yeah. But um, like in 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 some cases that if it's not. Um, how would I say? If it's not constant, or if it's above one stop, or or something, then then it just goes to wait until someone has a uh, the time to to work on it.
1: Yeah, um, uh, there's been a lot of talk I, I actually with the with the canons being so prominent in the needs fixing. I mean, I would imagine that part of that is also just down to the fact that. Canon, there are an awful lot of Canons out there. Um, I would imagine that they probably make up a a large, just chunk, full stop of all the cameras you get coming through anyway, because they were so popular back then. Um, So that, that probably adds weight to why there's so many of them in the to-do pile. Yeah, and um,
2: they are also very popular in Finland. Like uh, Minoltas, we have very little, and Konica's, and uh, Pentaxes. So it's essentially Canon and Nikon in Finland. Mostly so,
1: how do you deal with things? Because the the camera type that we we talk about a lot on here and have had conversations about, which seems to be the most worrying for people with regards to their um, future lifespan, is the point and shoots, the high end point shoots, but all of them really. you You do have some of these on the website, um including things like the uh, context g two. Um how wary of those cameras are you and and how much is there that you can do with them if they start to go wrong? Uh,
2: at the moment, we can't do pretty much anything on them. Um, we're looking into options um to start to train someone who's interested in electronics and have them as a team member and then hopefully we will have an option uh, for for kind of easy fixes or (coughs) a broken condensator or something like that. Um, A simple electronic fix uh, in the coming years but uh, yeah they are problematic and there's no way around it it's it's just a very uh, i mean on the other hand it's i i guess like mostly i haven't i haven't started to get messages about context g1s or g2s failing i constantly get messages about contacts t2s and t3s and Mm -hmm. i dropped it and blah 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 you know uh, like (laughs) some of them are not even the camera failing so uh, but then i think uh, with the compact cameras that the big issue is that if if we have the community starting to look for them. Like uh, if if the community starts to post uh, in the local supermarket, if there's still a billboard uh, that hey, tell me your camera. Uh, and the, the local granny start to call them up. We will have enough compact cameras as a as a concept. Mm. Like we will have a lot of good compact cameras to take. Um, <clears throat> into the community and keep the community growing and keep the prices low um, but the the issue with the very high end cameras is um, like yes they will get even more expensive and even more scarce and even more riskier um, so there is not nothing really we can do about that
1: yeah um at the moment you obviously up in finland um and everything is coming into you and is being processed there uh, which is great for cameras in finland and in europe in general but uh, there are an awful lot of cameras all around the world and the further away from finland you get the less practical it makes it for you to hunt them down and also for people to get them to you um what are the plans going forward with that do you hope to have satellite centers opening up in other countries what would you like to do going forward
2: um yeah um, i mean uh, we're we've been looking into that we've been the whole um of the camera rescue project was uh, originally it was the idea was that okay we do our thing in Finland, we keep doing it. Uh, and we try to hit the like, um, like, do our best, but doing things in Finland isn't enough. And then we we tried, the whole project was about kind of trying to share and, and um, somehow take uh, what we know into a global um, uh, context. And uh, again, we we did probably uh, kind of a, a stupid move by trying to um, do an app that would facilitate this, um, because essentially none of our team are coders, and <coughs> and the, uh, even though we do a lot of things on the computer, it doesn't really like. It's a different world, and we we chose the wrong companies to to uh, work on the app, and essentially we we just uh, lost a year and a half of um, time and a lot of uh, money into creating an app that could have facilitated this globally and helped the global community um, to find. Uh, Cameras and have them locally refurbished and redistributed to the people that uh, want to have cameras. Uh, but then, just now in the in the beginning of this year, we we finally uh, how would I said we finally um, said to ourselves that enough is enough that we can't pump just more money into and time into the app. It's not gonna go where, where it should be, and it it was maybe a too complex uh, kind of idea in the beginning, um, and then uh, we, as a kind of alternative solution, we we tried to do a crowdfunding campaign for to create this kind of uh, basic course masterclass ty- style of. Uh, a video course of of 15 videos that we would have put in with uh, like a pedagogically planned uh, full uh, 15 video and lesson uh, kind of uh, total package and we tried to crowdfund it with uh, uh, Indiegogo because we had all the the project had uh, run out of funds with the um, app developing and we we tried to, we wanted to do it with a proper like production company uh, so that we would have 4k video and someone actually doing the editing and um, outsource so that we could get them out for the community faster but then we weren't properly I guess, um, prepared for the marketing of the campaign and uh, and uh, then it never reached its goal. so so now we are kind of rethinking on how how to do this again so that we could help the global community in this uh, uh, kind of process because all all at the same time as we are doing, wanting to help the global community we have the actual problem of uh, having to train uh, new camera makers and getting 50 packages in and 50 packages out a day and and things like that like uh, um, day-to-day stuff
1: yeah yeah it's a lot um this is probably a good time actually to start talking about um because We've got the photography show coming up uh, in, uh, it's about a month. It's almost exactly a month from now. Uh, and you're going to be coming over to the photography show. This is the first time you've, well, certainly the first time that you've had a presence there. Have you been to the photography show before anyway?
2: No, I haven't been there at all. I, I've been only once with Camera Rescue to the UK, and that was to pick up a repair shop in Newcastle so essentially and then one of our team members once went to see a big lot in in london that turned out to be a very odd odd story but maybe we don't go into that <laughs> right now.
0: so so yeah this photography show coming up i mean i'm, I'm really interested to, to to see what you guys are bringing is there is there is there stuff that you can talk to us about about what you know what it is that your your goals are for the photography show
2: uh, well, the photography show has a uh, one one big benefit. Compa- I mean, it's it's well, obviously it's a trade show, so it's super expensive. Um, uh, European trade show shows are like I don't know if people know this, but uh, like essentially it's several hundreds of euros per square meter. Uh, so, so, like, uh, it's a super expensive place to go. But the good side, uh, compared to Photokina, is that you can actually sell something. So, uh, to to kind of fund the fact that we are there, we also will bring the outlet stuff, which I was referring to earlier. So, there will be bins of, I don't oh. know if we will do one euro or... I don't know Man, five, five pounds yeah like oh my goodness yeah so, so you're gonna say, be super will, popular yeah will they be pounds or euros or whatever it depends on will you pay by cash or credit card I guess <laughs>
1: oh my <laughs> because... goodness that's gonna be like wasps around a honeypot um uh oh my goodness you're gonna be very very popular so you're gonna have buckets buckets of cameras that You're going to be selling very cheap. Uh, Yeah. yeah. People are going to be very, very pleased to see you. I think it's fairly safe to say. I think
0: that's very true. Yes, yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We hope hope that, uh, like, uh, there's going to be what we bring usually in the outlets. There's all kinds of stuff from straps to to lenses with, you know, slight haze or fog or, or things like that. Or then the odd zooms, you know, uh, from odd brands. Um, Then there are cameras that have uh, defects in a myriad of, like, uh, uh, of options. Some are totally defect, uh, like, only for uh, spare parts or, like, um, decoration. And some of, of them are fairly functional. Uh, and then uh, there's UV filters, bags, stuff that, you know, comes in but is, is too, too small to be listed online essentially
1: that sounds awesome uh will you also be taking cameras in Can, you know if people have got stuff and they know they're coming that they either want to um sell or donate for spare parts and stuff like that will you be taking stuff on or is this a strictly a one one-way only um, deal you want with this <laughs> stuff
2: uh well we have uh, two areas there and the other one will be manned with uh uh, well, this is a long story, may, which maybe uh, may, t- uh, like we should go into. But uh, like uh, essentially, I uh, last uh, last year I did a Euro tour um, where uh, I, I went visited a, a few fairs. There's a analog now in Berlin, and there's the BFS Photo Fair in Paris, and then there's Revelate in, in in Barcelona and um i took the outlet with me and to to make i mean you can just get a random ban, like uh i ended up doing but i it's it's not never so fun uh, so i i what i tried to do last year was uh i i found this 1982 mercedes benz uh ambulance and
0: that
2: was <laughs> built on a <laughs> W123 chassis and then it has this like it it looks a bit like a hearse. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but but there is a twist to this story because I can't take this to England because or to this Euro tour of this year because it's so old that we can, I can't actually drive in uh, some of the German cities, and you know where there are congestion. Oh uh, uh, yeah, stuff. yeah. So I ended up getting a new ambulance this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As you do. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. Or like it's not a new either. It's it's actually a, 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 a what is like um fire brigades like the leaders
0: oh, okay yeah
2: you know, uh, like the controllers whatever um, it looks like an ambulance but uh, in the back there is no uh place for someone to lie down but there's a desk <laughs>
0: so what you're with- saying is you you've got a ghostbusters car
2: yeah, well, no, this Yay. one is a, a Volkswagen Transporter van. So oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's not. The, the other one is a Ghostbusters car, but uh, <laughs> I can't drive that so far. So, so this one is uh, is a Volkswagen Transporter. What? It's it's pretty nice. I'm, I'm having it uh, taped right now, and it uh, hopefully it will be ready by the time I need to leave for the. <laughs> the photography show but uh, the main point is that as it was a like a controller car they had a they have a desk that's like a a round desk in the back and it has the electrics all set up so we can take some of our tester machines and put them in the back and then uh, in addition to filling it to the rim with outlet stuff we can have our tester machines there, which means that we can do buy-ins and then depend, depending on how much there is, is interest, we can probably do even some checkups uh, of people's cameras
1: that's awesome i mean i would yeah, imagine that there's quite a lot of people who would just like to know if their camera's exposing properly although you did make the point earlier do people really want to know whether the camera they may have just paid quite a lot of money for is actually exposing correctly or not but um yeah i think that's fabulous but so some
0: people might might be thinking about having their camera serviced properly and a checking put service like that might might give them good information to decide what to do you know, I mean, I, I, it, it's, uh, I can see how that could be useful. Although, yeah, uh, although I can see how people might be disappointed.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, what we're thinking of now that we we have a small base uh, that's opening also in Paris in the nineteenth of March, so two days after the the fair ends. Uh, is that um, we, as we have the checking machinery that most people do not have, we could set up um, some kind of uh, service where you get cer- a certificate of your um, camera, essentially. Uh, like a, uh, you know, you, you take your car to be checked up every year, and then you get a certificate that your car yeah. is okay. So. Like, I don't know how how much people are interested in, in that kind of service, but then that could possibly be uh, done in uh, the photography show. And if you're interested in it, please do send me a, a, a kind of a Instagram direct message or something, because then I can kind of map out if it's something that we should drag someone with the the best checking skills all the way to the uk <laughs> for, yeah. well, or 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 is it just a like a thing that i think might be fun
0: well we can we can ask our listeners for that then so um you know listeners if you would like to have the your shutter speeds checked out at the photography show uh, or or maybe a bit more precisely the shutter speeds of your cameras checked out at the photography show um uh yeah let let you know um so um just remind everybody you know, uh, where on instagram uh, you would you would like them to contact you
2: So the I, I run the camera rescue Instagram account, so you can just send a direct message to the at camera rescue account.
0: Great, okay uh that's that that sounds good well ho- hopefully you'll you will now get um a, a lot of direct messages from interested sunny 16 listeners
1: <laughs> yep do you current? i mean do you currently do repairs for people's cameras that you were not selling or, or is there just too much work with everything that you have coming in to go to the store anyway
2: uh in finland we are doing leica and mamiya services mm-hmm. uh repairs uh, but at the moment, we are not doing anything else, and we are not doing them by post uh, because they well, the queue is too long, so essentially um, we don't want to mess up uh, the workflows with people's cameras that are uh, and then there is the added benefit that, as we have some of the Younger trainees, they can work with uh, with the cameras uh, without stress or like without the stress of it being someone else's camera. Yeah. So so uh, we're trying to just focus on getting more people to have the good know-how uh, while we can, and then maybe one day we could, or it's up to camera makers because they are their own entity if they want to, but like, it might be possible that uh, repairs could be done in Finland uh, for customers, but at the moment it's not possible. Yeah, yeah.
1: If people are in countries other than Finland at the moment, um, and maybe they know of cameras that might be of interest to you lots, whatever it might be... um, what's the best way obviously you've got the camera rescue website but you have got representatives in other countries that are helping you with this haven't you
2: yeah so we have this um crew essentially uh, of people that are um are familiar to us they have been here uh, in finland either in training or doing the summer internship programs that we have every summer or, or somehow, uh, like, they are, uh, you know, people that we know the standards that we work by and, and so forth. And uh, there's, a, there's a few guys uh, around Europe that help us um, in case that uh, bigger lots pops up somewhere or um, in case there is a need to talk to a local repair guy that wants to be um, addressed in the local language, which happens quite often, actually. And then uh, uh, and and so forth. So we have a list of the crew on the website, there's someone in Spain, and there's someone in France, or there's a whole team in France. And then there's uh, someone uh, in the in in Russia and then in Belgium and uh, where else yeah well Sweden and 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 Finland and the Nordics we we take care of from Finland essentially but I think yeah that's it, <laughs> it at the moment I think
1: that sounds like it's probably enough it's a good start anyway how you. earlier on you were saying that you can make a reasonable guess that there could be sort of around a hundred million cameras out there still floating around hopefully in varying states of decay um how confident are you sort of looking ahead about being able to not just yourself obviously but you know the um the future of getting these cameras working and back out and keeping this um film photography alive before they become completely obsolete and but also before the um the skill base goes away. Because you see at the moment you seem to you're chasing two things. One you're having to chase the cameras, but also you're having to chase the knowledge and the skills and the tools before they all disappear. Um how are you feeling about that? You know, you're three years into this as a full on adventure. How do you feel about it now?
2: Um I mean, the situation in the U.S. and in Japan is much better than in Europe. And this is due to the fact that they are big markets that are unified in language and in currency. So essentially Nikon or whatever had a 100 or 200 or 300 or 1,000 employees uh, in, in those countries. Uh, while in Europe they were spread up in every country had their own Nikon uh, importer or Nikon official office and and repair center and and so forth back in the day so um, when you when film went down and mechanical cameras went down from a hundred percent to five percent of the volume uh, in Japan and the U.S. you could scale down. And, um, and in, in the U.S. people were used to do postal uh, orders anyhow. So the Internet didn't also destroy the, uh, the kind of whole service network. Uh, but in Europe it's, it's, it's like there's last men standing in most countries. Uh, there's older guys that are probably should have been retired for quite some time still running a shop repair shop somewhere and mostly they are too old or too grumpy or too whatever (laughs) to to want to share that knowledge and uh, that's a bit of an issue in Europe and uh, and like, we're aiming to find a solution to that. But at the same time, it's it's a bit hard because that, like, it's, it's a craftsmanship that is slowly learned. So that like people would like us to do uh, just full on YouTube, like tutorials on stuff on how to fix this problem but uh, like I was just conversating with someone on Instagram after the Indiegogo campaign uh, went down that like yes that would be a nice thing to do but first we would need to do the basic course so that people know how to test if a camera works then we should do a basic course on Uh, materials and understanding how metals work and how um, plastics works and how spring works and and then we have a basic course on on micromechanics and then we should have a basic course on electronics (laughs) and then it it ends up in in a kind of um, several hundred lesson uh, total thing which is so big that it's impossible to kind of start off with and it it should be uh, also um, a thing that a person is somehow forced to do the whole thing before Mm. they start to um, repair cameras Um, but the other option which is a kind of intermediary option is that we uh, and uh, which is the basic idea of camera rescue is that as we still do have that possibility to find that 100 million cameras, or if we count also the US, uh, 200 million cameras, then we, it's okay if people like, uh, you know, if we find those 200 million cameras and get uh analog photography into a next level of of five million people doing it or 10 million people doing it and then it's all of the sudden a, a very different market in which uh essentially even a, a school uh, could be probably uh set up where where 20 guys learn to do repairs uh, a year or, or something like that. But uh, it's essentially now, now that's the only option that I, I can find globally that could uh, probably uh, help with this situation.
1: I love that. I love the fact that looking forward, I think, I think we're all hoping now that in you know 10 years time, you'll be taking signups at the Academy of Camera Rescue. Um, you know, I think that's fantastic. I I, <laughs> I think that's what needs to happen. I think you need to be getting people out there and training up the future generations of doing this, because I'm not sure YouTube videos uh, are ever going to get people quite to where they need to get to keep to get all of these 100 million Back on the road. I
0: think you might be right, yes. I've watched YouTube videos, and not for anything as complex as this, but rarely am I able to replicate what I see in the video. I think there might be some sort of editing going on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and there's a a lot of, like, and with the Internet, as ever, there's a lot of, or I think one of the uh, laws of the Internet is that 90% of the Internet is crap. (laughs) <laughs> yeah only yeah. 90 uh, and uh, somehow someone who doesn't know about stuff is supposed to know which 10% is the one that <laughs> you you're supposed to follow to get the right uh uh result so yeah. it's
1: a conversation i've had a few times with our good friend um Lyndon from londonian cameras who's you know in, in the uk doing camera repairs and he despairs of the thing of the stuff on the internet he's like oh god i read this and it's terrible and you know people are coming to me saying oh you know it's easy you can just fix it like this and he's like no no you can't <laughs> um so yeah maybe maybe youtube shouldn't be your first place for all important camera repairs
0: indeed yeah. indeed wow so uh, I I I think uh, you're definitely from what you've told us the uh, uh, just extraordinary stuff about how it is the 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 whole uh, initiative do, you, do what, what do you call it is it a project is it a, an initiative is it a is uh, it a business
2: well, we call it the project because it's aimed at the, uh, trying to find global solutions which uh, like in Finland, there is the business side of it, and there's the shop, and there's the camera store, and then that—that's the reason why there is, you know, 20 people can work full time on this. Uh, but uh, the camera rescue side is—is is, it's essentially just me making noise, <laughs> uh, trying to. Uh, Give what what the the twenty guys that do it full time uh, are getting knowledge on and uh, and and trying to kind of give something out of that to the global community, and then then there is the like obviously the the fact that then we. we Keep on failing in the project, or I keep on failing, uh, or some things that we uh, think that might work will not uh, do not work, and then it's uh, it's not achieving all what I would want it to achieve globally. But it's uh, at least the Finnish side, and the other guys are doing their work very well.
1: I think, considering that you've only been doing this as, in, as Camera Rescue for three years, I think what you've already achieved is fairly spectacular. You've got lofty ambitions, and I, I'm I'm just really excited to see how it goes from here. You're saying you're going to have um, part of a store in Paris, um, which was you were mentioning actually the opening of that after the photography show, weren't you?
2: Yeah, uh, it's it's there's a wonderful lab in in Paris called Nation Photo. Uh, which is which is really interesting because they they've been doing a lot of film the whole time for the last 10 years and uh, now nowadays they're doing at at peak peak days they're doing 1500 rolls of film and it, it's it's physically people walking in with their film it's not wow. postage film it's not you know it's not a lab in the middle of an industrial zone, whatever. And and now they've just uh, pushed to make this old garage into a bigger kind of, um, uh, like uh, I I would call it like a mini factory that could process even more film uh, because their little shops are getting too little and, and then they would like to process by post more and uh, and there they they have a repair guy in Nation Photo that we have been training with our guys and and ha- he has been doing uh, small fixes and learning a few cameras really well. the Asahi Spotmatic and the Asahi Pentax Six Seven. and uh, he can repair them., uh, but he's also a part of our like camera rescue crew. Uh, and then there's a few other guys also in paris that uh, have even either been training with us in in finland or trainees and um they they could now set up uh, or they have set up a, a base in paris but like they they have their day-to-day studies or they work in the lab in nation photo so they have a limited uh, amount of time but now hopefully uh, once we open open up the the base officially the 19th, and then we could uh, slowly start to move them, uh, or one of them at least, to do full time camera uh, checking and maybe small uh, repairs, and then buying buying cameras uh, from people in in France and then um, sending them over to the process in Finland.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Your empire is spreading.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but it's uh, it's also it's a, it's a, it's quite a odd place this this whole analog world because it's uh, what what people like tend to forget in the community or I I think people tend to forget is that. In the 1980s, the the best, like uh, the best euros or like money per square meter, you could have in mid midtown New York or midtown London or whatever was a photo lab, and uh, it the Kodak and Fuji were like Apple and Samsung, and. Um, and that the, the fighting was fierce and there was a lot of money involved and a lot of uh kind of commercialism in the whole thing um and it was it it was like the mobile industry is now and uh, now everything uh i'm i'm still kind of so young that i don't i have a recollection of that but there the, it it's not uh for me, film photography uh, has been always a small thing. And then and this it's amazing to see this kind of passionate uh, community and all the companies still in film are essentially passionate companies. They, they, they have nothing to do with um, kind of making as much money as possible or making even any money <laughs> like <laughs> uh it's it's people who are passionate and like as i know know a lot of the people that do do these businesses i know that they some of them are are mostly supported by like their spouses income or, or like they their own salaries are very low and i guess so 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 is my own but and uh, i have a, also a spouse that mostly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, she won't be listening to this so the, the thanks won't go to the right place uh, <laughs> but anyhow it's a, it's it's a kind of a magical story of something uh, so so money driven to become so passion-driven in like 15 years, in in a, in a time of it, it takes to become a teenager, and uh, it's it's an interesting world.
1: Yeah, I think that's fantastic, and I I love that angle. That's not really one that we've ever had. <laughs> Nobody's ever really brought it up like that before. But I think that's a really nice way of looking at it. Well, uh, I know, Aid, have you got more stuff you'd like to ask? There's- i i
0: i i i should have (laughs) but but i i think if i if i start up something now we'll end up missing the photography show because we'll be talking for too long (laughs) so so i i tell you what i am just 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 recapping some of the things i've heard i mean the 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 scale of the ambition uh, the 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 numbers even today I mean that's a fantastic thing you know uh, and uh, yeah the, that's being done and and the potential growth over time through into different countries and things like that I think yeah it I am awed by by the ambition and. And uh, you know, I think the ambition is backed up by by you know real process and 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 a, and a really strong approach. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing yeah, even greater things, and I'm also looking forward to having a chance to go through uh, all of uh, all of the stuff that gets brought to the photography show as well. I think you you're going to be really popular. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I look forward to waving at you from um, behind a sea of bodies, you heard because I don't think I'll be able to get anywhere near your stand, I suppose. Uh, as you probably know, the Disabled Photographers are there, uh, the Disabled Photography Society are there. That's the correct way. Not disabled photographers, although some of the disabled photographers are also there. Um, but you know, they they are doing a similar thing. They are selling off things to raise money for their charity, and um, that stall is also always incredibly popular. So um, and you're we're going to be fairly close to get. It's going to be great. It's going to be it's going to be lots and lots of people around. Bring snacks for yourself because you will not be able to leave for a break at any point. I don't think.
2: Yeah, I I think I'll just be safe in my ambulance, and then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll let i let someone else take care of the outlet. <laughs> that but, seems like a good idea. But yeah, it's uh the, the outlets uh, It's it's the same seems to be everywhere that people like those so, bins, and they yeah. they they go uh, slightly mad uh, <laughs> with the bins, and it's it's fun because otherwise it's uh, it's it's stuff that. Has a value and is important and can possibly uh, make someone's day, but then at the same time, it's stuff that we we pile up in a, in a way that we have to get storage, uh, like separate storage from the camera rescue center, uh, because it just keeps piling up. So so it's uh, a win-win situation for everyone. I hope.
1: Awesome that's fantastic well we can't wait to see you there
0: yeah absolutely yes i wish you the very best of success with the whole trip i know it must be a huge undertaking to bring everything like all all of that and a team of people as well to the uk uh so so i hope it all goes well for you and i look forward to to meeting you face to face uh in in just just a month's time actually which is fantastic stuff so well um I suppose, uh, I mean, we've talked a, a, a little bit about how to get in touch with you if people want to, uh, uh, if people would like to get the, the timing checked on their cameras uh, whilst whilst you're at the photography show. Uh, and that's the Camera Rescue uh, Instagram account. Uh, of course, we also have the, the, the camerarescue.org account. Uh, website, which is is the main uh, website for for the project, I believe. Are there are there any other places that you would like to direct people to uh, on the internet or otherwise? Maybe, maybe even to to buy some of the rescued cameras.
2: Well, yeah. If if you're looking into buying cameras, then you can always go to camerastore dot com, which is with a K. Uh, and then, but beware. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of stuff and. <laughs> And it's 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 tricky. I I browse it daily, and I, I even I get gassed. Like I I'm like, oh, a Canon Prima,
1: mm, only
2: 39 euros. How did the guys not notice that it might be worth much more <laughs> or something? And then then I'm like contemplating if I get it myself or, for for my kids or something. And uh, then, then, but yeah. So th- it's, a, it's a dangerous place. But uh, <laughs> and uh, but if if you have any kind of uh, ideas about uh, like repair shops uh, closing or 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 you have you know a repair person that would be willing to do short courses to some people, I I would love to organize a. Uh, Kind of even if someone wants to teach at home, I would love to public uh, publicize that uh, kind of um, uh, Thing Uh, so you can always just email me J u h o at camera rescue.org and I I should be able to reply
0: Okay, that's fantastic. Thank you fantastic stuff uh, I, I, yes. Uh, just as I said, I, I'm completely awestruck by all of this stuff. Um, so uh, I, I'm going to try and shut up now and try and like wrestle my head back together. But Graham, have we got uh, any any notices or, or updates or anything like that that we need to uh, broadcast to our listeners today? <laughs>
1: uh nothing pressing um other than uh obviously um you might want to i, I had the opportunity at in paper but i don't know you just want to say a quick thanks to everybody because i know you had a great turnout for your um photography show photography walk photo walk uh, that's the word yeah we, oh,
0: we did um it was fa- uh, it was fantastic to to uh, see everybody we had i think seven of us turn up before sunrise oh
1: that's um, impressive did was there cloud cover at sunrise there
0: was a hundred percent cloud cover at about <laughs> 200 feet
1: <laughs> oh, no. So, no we had no. we had
0: a great time um the we uh so we we did we 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 met up at the right place and, and went to take uh, to some photos around sunrise but uh, there wasn't actually any sunshine so we went and grabbed some coffee and breakfast and went out and a short while later the sun came out so um, we, we missed sunrise itself but the sun at this time of course is, of year is still relatively low in the sky even late into the morning. Uh, so we, we we did all right and then by the end of the day it was glorious there was not a cloud in sight and and there was bright sunshine and we were having a great time um so uh, yeah uh thanks thanks to thanks to everybody that turned up thank, thanks to annal uh, my my co-organizer uh, and and of the two of us the one that probably had or, yeah, had thought it through a bit more. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I did a route for the first part. and But then uh, Anna had, uh, had sorted out things like where where to get good lunches and stuff like that because he knows the area better than I do.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yes. Uh, and I understand the Oxford photo walk went well as well
1: yeah it was great we again we had a lovely day lots of lovely people turned up it was uh, all all very good fun so um i uh, said so we'll have to do these things again when it's a bit warmer maybe because it did get towards the end of the day it got a bit chilly but the weather couldn't have been better especially if you uh, didn't start until 11 o'clock by that point the sun was really shining
0: <laughs> yes there's a lesson there somewhere isn't there definitely <gasps> okay all right well that probably wraps up the
1: show then i think for this week does it I think so. I think so. It certainly does. Um, we're going to be doing the cheap shots challenge next week, so uh, that's going to be good. Um, and with the the only thing I guess with the photography show is we have got the um, sunny twenty sunny TPS twenty um, discount code for the photography show as well. If you still need to get your ticket, uh, so that's the only thing I can think of
0: okay well in which case then all that remains is to to say thank you very much to you
2: um have you enjoyed yourself you uh, yes i think i might have done some quite long monologues but uh I, I'd like to talk about this when someone bothers asking. Do you know what? It's
0: it's great. It's great to have somebody come, come and be a guest on the podcast who is so passionate about the project they're doing. And, and you know, that just shines shines through when you speak. So, uh, you know, all good. All good. Uh, right. Well, um, we have been the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, we'll play you out now with Rachel's band Rocha. Uh, you can get their album Promises I Should Have Kept on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Bandcamp and probably some other places online as well. As always, it has been an honour and a privilege to speak with you all. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye